This episode of Shut the Shit Up was created in partnership with Open Arms International, helping children in Kenya experience the hope of the gospel and the love of a family. Learn more at openarmsinternational.org. Ever feel like you've got to get your should together? Is your should about to hit the fan? Have you been sitting in your shoulds for most of your life, wondering if you could be more, see more, do more? Welcome to Shut the Should Up with Candace Payne and Jenny Randolph. We're both authors and speakers who want to stomp out your flaming bag of should. With a whole lot of faith together, let's sort through the pain, purpose, and promise to find freedom in the things we tell ourselves we should and should not do. Because there's so much more in you. Hey, we are back. Yes. Yeah, and we are so excited and honored to have a special guest with us today. And we know you're going to love getting to know yep, her. Yep. As a matter of fact, we're going to do a slow clap here. But I want everybody to start welcoming to the show Esther Fleece Allen. Yeah. Yes. Esther, how are you doing today? I'm really well. It's so good to see you guys. Thanks for having me on. I love your show. So thank oh, you. Oh, thank you. Well, we've got to tell everybody about you. So Jenny, if you'll do the honors, let's let's let all the shut the shut uppers know who she is. Yeah. First of all, this you're okay. Prepare your hearts because this is pretty awesome. She's amazing. So more than a quarter of a million people viewed Esther Fleece Allen's story on IamSecond.com, and we will link to that for you guys. And through her speaking platform, she has given hope to tens of thousands of people struggling with life's difficulties, setbacks, and failures. Your new name is just the book that's going to give the readers hope after a trial or a storm. Yeah, CNN has called her one of the five women to watch in religion. Hello. Hello. USA Today has named her one of the new faces of evangelicalism. And Christianity Today has called her one of the 50 women shaping the church and culture. Esther is a graduate of the Oxford Center of Christian Apologetics and is currently in seminary. You know, not busy at all. Not busy at all. <laughs> kind and of her, a big deal. I'm not a big deal at all. It's amazing. Right? That's so big. And not only that, but add on top of this, her favorite new names are wife and mama, as she is thankful Aww. to have a new home with them. And you know what? We couldn't be more excited to have you here. Um, and, and we're here not just because you have a new book, but because you really are somebody that we want to watch in this space and we are honored to have. So thank you so much for being on the show with oh, us. Oh, thank morning. you guys. I have to tell you, I, you know, I, when you launch a book, you have to do a lot of podcasts, but you guys have the best podcast name out there. I mean, I have to tell your listeners, I was in the counseling office. Let's just get to the heart of things right now. And my counselor, I was working for a really large ministry and I was, you know, I was used to Christianese and everything. And he just looked at me and he says, stop shooting on yourself. And I'm like, stop shooting on yourself. And, you know, that was probably yep. 15 years ago and it yes. stuck with wow. me. And so I love that you guys are taking that off of people. It's, it's so yes. take the shit off, take the shame off and I'm cheering you guys on. So thanks. For having well, me. thank you so much. And you know what? You said something funny. You said Christianese phrases. Well, that just so happens to lead us into our little information <laughs> bit here. We are actually having you on today with a buzzword episode. And this is quite literally one of my favorite types of, Hey, Jenny. <laughs> Hey, you're too fast on yours. Too fast. It's one of my favorite type of episodes. There's nothing I love more than using this buzzer. Now, Jenny's buzzer sounds like a buzzer, but mine sounds like this. No! <laughs> <laughs> 
So let me explain it. So guys, anytime we use a Christianese word that makes somebody be like, wait, what is happening? We're going to buzz that person. Candace is going to know the person, but we're going to buzz. And then that person has to define the word in normal human language. And Esther agreed to play this with us throughout the whole episode. So I'm feeling excited. I'm excited about it. Because I do this and I'm really trying to work on it. It's like, I need help. I need your help. This is like an intervention. This isn't an interview. It's an intervention. (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome to the show and the intervention. You know what? Today we are talking about how you should know your name. Yes. And we're going to be shutting up all the labels that limit us. So let's get started. So this is the part of the show where we rapid fire the things we're so thankful for throughout the week. So Candace, set your clock for 30 seconds. I got it. I got it. Today, we would like Jenny and Esther to play against each other. So here's the caveat for today's game. You have to name desserts that you're thankful for back and forth, and you only have 30 seconds. Are you ready? Oh, who's starting? I'm going to say Esther. Would you be our guest and start with a dessert Mm. that you are thankful for? Okay. Okay. Here we go. On your mark, get set. Confetti like praise. Apple pie. Chocolate peanut butter ice cream. Ooh. Chocolate cake. Ooh. Uh, peanut butter cups. Mm-hmm. Pumpkin pie. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm just going all chocolate. Chocolate pie. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Dirt cake. Dirt cake. Ooh. Ooh. Dirt cake. Ooh, the one with the worms. Ooh. Yeah. Peanut M&M's. Ooh, double that. I'm double downing on that. That's good. Copy that. Time's up. Time's up. Oh. 30 seconds. Okay, first of all, if you're not hungry after listening to that, then you're not doing life right. Because all I know right now, that was the best segment we had. I want pumpkin pie. Well, that's distracting because she would say something and then I started thinking of it. So it's like, oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is hard, isn't it? Because you, you think, ah, whatever. Okay. Well, that you did so great. <laughs> that's been confetti like praise. segment we're going to highlight your reviews and celebrate how god is using this podcast to make an impact and don't forget if you're loving the show go leave a review on apple podcasts or however you listen yeah we had listener a hop v that's quite a name gave us five stars and they said this all the should i need to hear this podcast is god's arrow through my heart each week. They really went heavy on the emojis on I this. like it. Uh, they bring a smile to my face and make me LOL while my kids look at me like I'm nuts. <laughs> and they bring a tear to my eye because their topics Aww. and prayers touch my heart. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. I hope I hope our topic and prayer touches your heart today as well. I know. I'm so glad that we aren't the only ones whose kids look at us like we're nuts. That's reassuring. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Esther, welcome to mommyhood. That's going to happen. Ooh. That's going to happen. Totally a thing. You guys are going to love today's topic. So let's not miss an opportunity. We're going to jump right in. Esther and Candace, are you guys ready to find out what we say? Let's do it. It really is amazing the things that we tell ourselves that we should and shouldn't do. The things that we constantly play on repeat in our heads. Come on now. What do we say? 
Esther, why are names so important? Yeah, you know, I'm glad you asked the question because I think not enough of us reflect on how much our names mean and how much, I mean, think about when you go to Starbucks and somebody spells your name wrong. I mean, like for me, it's like my whole day is shot. Like, ah, it is not yeah. Easter, it's Esther, you know, like <laughs> um, our names are really sacred identifiers. And um, what you see when you look at the Bible is both the Old and New Testaments have significant meaning towards names. The Jewish people still to this day have significance when they name a child. Um, a lot of the names are prophetic, what they feel like God is calling that child to be or to become. So we really see, when you look at the Bible, we see significance with naming, so much so that God even renames people, which is a lot of what I talk about in the book, how we can be renamed by God. He will pull us out of our sin, out of our shame. He'll give us a new identity and a new name. But most of us, I think, attach more easily to labels. And when you look at the word label, it hardly appears in the original language. And we're just not supposed to identify ourselves with our labels. Our labels don't go with us into heaven. Our names do. Our names, mm. our names are written in the book of life, not our labels. Whoa. So, whoa. That's good. I'm just going to stop right there because I felt like we had church in that last <laughs> statement. Like I had the hairs on the back of my neck rise up because I've never had this thought that our labels don't go with us to heaven, but our names do. Oh, yeah. Um, and I haven't thought about what's, because I'm just going to say it. Does does God write down Chewbacca mom in the book of life? Or did he write down Candace Wade? You know what I'm saying? He didn't write down the moniker. He wrote down who I am. Yes. Ooh. And he knows, he knows who you so are, good. you know, even before yeah. the world did. Yeah. He knows who you are. He knows your name. Um, it's, it's a very intimate process to think of the God of the universe, knowing our names and then even renaming us. Let me give you a quick example. There's a woman in the Bible, her name is Sarai, and she identified with the label infertile. And I know a lot of my friends out there struggle with infertility. And so when you're going through a season like that, it's really easy to take that on as your label. Like it's, and then, yeah. you, and then if you take that on, you're taking on all these other things. Like you feel like you're broken. You feel like you're failing. You feel like you're not, you know, not able to have a legacy. I mean, the enemy just heaps all these labels on you. Um, but in the middle of that struggle, God renames her to Sarah. And, um, and he also renames her husband and he says to her husband, you're, you're going to be the father of nations. And they kind of laugh, like we're struggling with infertility. Like our names are infertile. You know, like, why are you saying we're going to have descendants? That doesn't even make sense. But God was naming them not out of their circumstance. God was naming them for what is ahead and, and the, all that he had in their life. Mm. And so I think so many of us wrestle day in and day out with these labels, you know, overweight, unattractive, victim, abuse. When God is whispering to us a new name that's going to help us move forward in the calling that he has for us. Dang, girl. So you asked. You asked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well, I love the fact that um, you're saying we're not named in our circumstances, but for what's ahead. I'll tell you right now, one of my favorite things to do with my kids is instead of getting their Bible imprinted with their name, I get the spiritual meanings imprinted as their names on their Bible. Wow. So when they were both five, I got them both a Bible that says, like Duncan's is steadfast. And then our last name, Payne, actually means sacred, which is the spiritual meaning of um, 
if you look at sacred, it just doesn't mean like, oh, that's holy. It actually means near to God, mm-hmm. something that's near to God. And so on the Bible, he has steadfast, keeper of truth, near to God. Wow. For his name, so that he can know that instead of, hey, my parents just got me a Bible, and if you find it and it says Duncan on it, give it back to me in in church service because I lost it. I wanted him to be able to see these are your spiritual markers. These are what we're hoping for. And when you just said that that when God sees us and names us, he's speaking to what we are going to be known for, not what our circumstances yes. dictate. That's powerful. That's so oh, huge. I love that example. I wish I would have included that in the book. I mean, I want to do that with my kids. That's beautiful. <laughs> and you know what, what confidence that gives him. Like my parents yeah. know me, you know, they named mm. me. My name has meaning. And that's what I'm, I'm wanting to say to the reader and to the listener. Like, this isn't some little thing. Like, sometimes our new names are right in front of us. Like, my name, Esther, people just assumed I came from this Christian home. I was actually a- abandoned when I was a teenager. And so I had a lot of shame with my name. And even my last name as Fleece, you know, I associated that with my biological fatherhood and mental illness and kind of left and he left our family. And so both of my names are really painful until I started realizing that God does name us and that our names have meaning. And so sometimes our new names are right in front of us. And the story of Esther in the Bible gave me great courage because Esther was an orphan and God used her and Esther was able to be courageous. So she didn't stay stuck in her circumstances. And that's where I want all of us. Like, even if you don't like your name, there might be a sacred meaning to it. And if not, Hey, God is in the business of giving us a new name. And so God might have a new name for you. You know, you might, you might not have to go to the DMV and change it, you know, but he might whisper to you that you're chosen or you're loved, you're accepted, you're wanted. These beautiful Ooh. names that he has for his children, they're available if we ask him. So can you walk us through the process? So some people, I mean, I think this is one of the most powerful episodes we're doing this season because we're talking mm-hmm. about like hard identity yeah. stuff and what we end up holding on to and things we need to let go of. So if there's a woman or a man listening and they're like, oh, I'm struggling with this or this is what I'm going through, how how do you advise or what was your process like in actually figuring out, okay, God, what is my new name? Yeah. I'm glad you asked the question because, you know, when I was starting to study for this topic, I was really looking for a formula. I think we do that in Christianity, like A plus B mm. equals C. What's the formula for me to get blessed? And that's just not how God works. I mean, he just treats us so personally. He knows how we need to hear our new name. And so in every one of the chapters, I try to walk the reader through a different example of a name change in the Bible. But the one that sticks out to me the most is what really started this study for me. And it's from the book of Ruth in the Bible. Um, I didn't realize until I was living with a friend who was recently widowed. I didn't realize that the book of Ruth is written about three widows and really how they walk through grief. Ruth and then her mother-in-law, Naomi, and then there was another widow in the story, Orpha, which actually I've, I've heard this where Oprah Winfrey gets her name, uh, but, her, but her mom spelt it wrong. Interesting. Yeah. Her mom didn't know how to spell it or said it wrong or something. Yeah, and so it just yeah. stuck as Oprah. Isn't that crazy? So these three (laughs) women, it's a story of these three women. And Naomi is the mother-in-law. Naomi loses her husband. She loses her sons. So any single one of us would grieve if we went through that. Um, But Naomi's, the meaning of her name means sweet or pleasant. And right there in, in chapter one, Naomi says, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara. 
and then the name Mara means bitter. And so right there in the middle of her circumstances, she says, don't call me sweet anymore. My life is bitter. Call me bitter. And I think that many of us do that in the middle of a trial. We take on our grief as our new name. And that's just renaming ourselves prematurely. And so I'm trying to encourage the where have we renamed ourselves? Maybe we've taken on the name victim, like, and, and some of us are, and some of us have been victimized. So I'm not saying to minimize that. My first book is all about taking your pain to God. You don't minimize your story to bring God more glory, but we also don't rename ourselves in the middle of the struggle. And so the end of the story is that Naomi's life doesn't end bitter and God has new things still for Naomi. He has sweetness. He has a grandchild for her that's in the line of David, that's in the line of Jesus. Yeah. And so that's yeah. where I want the listener to not rename themselves prematurely and to wait in the struggle, in the wrestle, and to, to lean into God. I'll buzz myself. Hold on. Hold on. I'm so excited. No! <laughs> <laughs> it was together. <laughs> We got to wait to hear from God. Not We're not good at waiting, but we got to wait to hear from God about what our new yeah. and not give up in the middle of the circumstance. That's hard. Yeah. Because how easy is it to just settle and be like, oh, well, I'm, I've been abandoned or I'm worthless. And it is, sometimes it is a waiting process. And what, what you're teaching us is so encouraging because God doesn't abandon us. You know, the thing that really stuck out to me just then that I, I, I don't think I've ever thought about at this depth, circumstances are powerful to our identity. Like happenstance are powerful to shape our identities. When you think about one day how everything can change, I don't know if you've been there, and I'm not just talking about like sad things. You lose somebody that's close to you, and now you have to figure out an entire brand new thing. I think about people that have lost their entire homes in fires. Um, You know, these moments that are shifting them, their circumstances literally dictate how they have to function for the next however many years or however many months or however many weeks following. Um, It feels as though circumstances are powerful in the way that they play towards our identity. And I love that you're tackling this and you're saying your circumstances are not your identifiers. Yes. It's huge. Yeah. And not only that, but God always goes a step further and he always is doing something in the midst of our grief, in the midst of our pain. Um, And that's again, not to minimize what we're going through. I lived in Colorado Springs for a long time and we lived through several wildfires. And so I had friends that lost everything, all the memories, all the pictures. I mean, there's so much pain in that, but my goodness, those families have a testimony of community now that they didn't have before. They know their neighbors. They know how people came around them in their time of need. And so that moment wasn't to redefine who they are as people. God was wanting to birth new things inside of them. And I think a lot of that is from the psalmist. We see in Psalm 40, verse three, that God puts a new song in our, in our mouth, a hymn of praise, it says to God. Candace, I know you're a wonderful singer. That word, <laughs> that word new means something that we did not previously experience. And it comes after a time of grief. And so when we have the perseverance and the courage and the patience to wait through these challenging times and through suffering, God will do a new thing. He will put a new song in our heart. We will be able to see the goodness of God 
in something. Um, sometimes it takes years, you know, but the, that destruction, that loss, that pain isn't to be our final song. He has more songs for us to sing. He has a newness in the midst of that despair. You called in with your questions. You shared with us your shoulds. We just want to listen and maybe we can do some good. One thing we love about our podcast is that it's a community of listeners and you guys give us feedback all the time and you call us, you're in our Facebook group. And if you want to be featured on an upcoming episode, just give us a call. Here's the number. Wait for it. 315-308-0163. And recently we asked people on the socials, what limiting label have you put on yourself? And I want to chat through just a few of these ideas. There, here are some of the labels that our listeners have said. I'm going to just bullet point them and then we can see where this leads. So Courtney said unworthy. She said, so often I feel unworthy of blessings, of goodness, of even having friends. Kelly said weak. Katie unseen. Scotty said too much. Rachel unlovable. These are going to make me cry. And Becky said shy or quiet. So these are the labels that they are holding on to. Yeah. And I think our question, because Esther, one of the things that we love to do on our show is to include our listeners to have a voice, um, to have the ability to sound off in our topics. And so first of all, Courtney, Kelly, Katie, Scotty, Rachel, Becky, I'm going to call you by your name and say thank you. That who you are is awesome and it's worthy. It's enough. It's seen. It's loved. And I just want to say thank you for contributing to today's show. But because we have Esther here, I really want to ask you, Esther, how does knowing our new name help us get past those labels that either other people have given us or we've accepted for ourselves? Yeah, I, I want to say I see all those people that courageously said their labels too. I mean, when I was starting this process, I actually went on social as well and I said, what labels are you believing? And, I, and this is from some of my friends. And I thought, I mean, some of my like most beautiful friends felt unattractive, you know, and some of the people that I looked at, like almost in an envious way of like, they have a great body. Like they would say overweight. I'm like, what in the world? Like wow. the enemy is consistently lying to us about who we are and how God sees us. And so at the end of every chapter in the book, I have a list of labels and then I have a list of our new names because this is the hard part, honestly, of being a disciple is that we are saved by grace, but there, there is, you know, an element of us participating with God of walking out this Christian life. And so I have, I just want to read, I just turned into a random page in the book, but here's some of the labels that I talked about in this one chapter, cheap, uh, damage, fearful, forgotten, foster child, groupie, high maintenance, homeless, inadequate, insecure, left behind, not good enough, not loved. I think that there are so many labels that we can identify with, but the first step to hearing our new name is identifying those labels. Because when we realize who we're not, it helps us to hear who God says we are. And so for me, I just want to give a practical example. For me, it was orphan. I was orphaned in middle school 
And that was a reality. So I was, I was, I was abandoned. I was not wanted. I felt very unloved. But as I became a Christian and I read the word of God, I realized that I'm called adopted, that I'm called chosen, that God says that I'm his daughter. God says that he places the lonely in families. So now all of a sudden I'm going from fatherless to a multitude of families. But it took me making a decision. Am I going to live out of these labels? Am I going to let these things define me? Or am I going to identify them? bring them to God and say, who do you say that I am? And then choose to live out of that. Can I just camp on this for one second? I've got your book open. I'm actually looking at page 82. And I feel like there are listeners right now that they are like, hey, I wrote in something you didn't read mine. Or maybe I did. I just now thought of one. <laughs> and I really want to talk about it too. Um, I want to I'm sure they sound just That's like that. That's their voice. It's well, their inner voice. That's totally. It's so good. I'm, <laughs> you know what, Jenny? You know what, Jenny Randall? I would buzz you. you. Know what? I would buzz you so hard right now. There you go. I will say this. Um, I want to read some of the things that you wrote for the new names because I love how you frame it out in your book. You say, circle which one of the new names you want to live out of. And um, I'm going to read just this a, a few that pop off the page to me. And once again, this isn't Esther's new book, Your New Name, Saying Goodbye to the Labels that Limit. But listen to page 82 real quick. And I, I feel like some of you, you're going to identify with a name that's popping out that you need to start living out of. Accepted. Counted. Favored. Insider. Loved. Older sister, provided for, receiver of God's good gifts, righteous, seen. I felt like some of you just right now, um, we would be amiss if we didn't read some of those names out and give them power. I, I think there's, I think so many things that are externalized are, are, are given power into the air, into the atmosphere. And I feel like as those names were read, like just the word, it can't, it can't escape me. I got to say this. I feel like there's somebody listening right now that they've felt discounted their entire lives. And God's saying, you're counted. You are counted in. And you are a part of a great host of people that I am using and I'm raising up and I have assignment and authority and purpose and provision for, and you're counted and you've been discounting yourself. You've not even put yourself in the lineup. If that's you, would you let us know? Would you send us a personal message on at Shut the Shut Up on Instagram and just let us know, hey, Candace, that was me. That resonated really hard. Um, because I do feel like God uses these moments to highlight just one of you that's listening, or maybe, maybe several of you have the same message. But he does it because he's saying, I'm speaking to you. I am a God that does not... Uh, abandon you and go so far away that I forget the things that I've promised you. I mean, that's Esther's whole crux of what we're speaking about today. He's so intimate with us that he knows every fiber and detail of our life. And he speaks into who we are as he sees us, not as what our circumstances have dictated. I love this, man. I just want to give Uh, that person a hug. Like I want to just hug them. You're listening to the spirit there. That was beautiful. I think, Esther, what your book is doing, too, is giving permission for people to pause and really process through, okay, 
Because for me, I'm like, oh, I'm all good. I don't have any labels right now. I've worked through that. But just hearing Candace read what you wrote, I'm like, oh my gosh, I could take all of those names and like run with them, you know? Yeah. yeah. And um, your new name, your book is just, it's, it's really powerful. So thank you for writing it. You're welcome. You know, right off the bat, I think it's in chapter two, I talk about iniquity. And um, I think it's really popular to say in church, like, oh, all sin is the same. And, but we see there's different ways of sinning in the Bible. There's the word sin that we're familiar with. There, there, there's the word transgression. And there's the word iniquity. And what iniquity means is that you have a bend towards something. And so I'm trying to challenge the reader that even like the pastors among us, even like the women's ministry leaders, like even the worship leaders, like every single one of us has a bend towards unbelief about ourself. We have a bend towards believing the lies of the enemy about ourself. And so it, it's not like taking on the prosperity gospel to believe that you have a new name. It's identifying like what iniquity. You got no, you got no on that. Prosperity? What? Prosperity, prosperity gospel? gospel? Okay, let me just say, I mean, <laughs> depending on what church we go to, it does shape the way we are see ourselves. I mean, that's true. I'll, it's true. Yeah. Example, I've been in churches where we talk so much about our sin that I have a hard time hearing who I really am, you know, and I've, I've been in other churches yeah. that we talk so much about, we're just living in the faith cloud that we Ooh. forget we need to repent and confess daily, if not multiple times a day. Yeah. And so that's where I appreciate Jenny that you're saying this, this requires some self-reflection and it's not to yeah. put shame on people. You know, it's, it's to recognize we have iniquity. I have a bend towards believing I am unloved. I was, I was mm. abandoned by both of my parents and their entire family. So I just, I have to realize my bend towards sin is to believe that God doesn't love me. And so when hardship hit my life, I just felt like, well, God's not interested. God's not involved. God doesn't care about seeing me through this. That's a sin against God. That's serious. And so wow. he, wants, yeah. he wants to show me where my bends towards labels are. And then he wants to take those off me. Whew. Confession time. I just feel like I need to say it. You were so honest and vulnerable saying that you have a bend to say that you don't feel loved. I, I, I mean, like the Holy Spirit just spoke to me immediately and said, Candice, you want to know what your bend is? Because you've never asked. Your bend is that you think that you're forgettable. Yeah. Um, and I'm no, right. I feel like, okay, I'm going to bring that to my therapist this week. Um, (laughs) I really, I really haven't thought of it that way. Um, but you know, if, if I'm being honest, it, it, it feeds this need in me to want to consistently entertain, consistently make people laugh, make them feel good, make them feel so happy that they'll remember that I've left a stain. I've left a place on their life where they felt like, oh, I remember her. And I felt like God saying th- that that's where most of your insecurity peeps out mm-hmm. from is when you feel forgettable and when you bend back to they're, they're never going to remember me. Mm-hmm. And here he is, is he's actually put me in a place where you can't forget me. <laughs> it's like, okay, we're closing out a decade. We're going to watch that video again. Okay. Thanks everybody for resharing. Thanks everybody for having this one moment. And, and he's just trying to consistently show me this is not the label that you wear. 
you are not forgettable. You're actually somebody that um, comes to mind, comes to the mind of, of myself and comes to mind of other people when they need it most. Yeah. Man, that's so good. If, if that can just happen for, for like this small little conversation in a podcast, what more could the benefit be when our listeners get a hold of your book and become readers of this? Y'all need this book. If you don't already get that, you just need to get this book, Your New Name, Saying Goodbye yeah. to the Labels That Limit by Esther Fleece Allen. It's It's got to be in your inbox and go ahead and get it in your cart today. Do it. Do it. And I also want to challenge you too, just as we were discussing, ask God, where where do you bend? Like what, if that conversation, because I know for me, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm feeling it. Like ask God, what what is it for you? And then process through it. And Esther can help you through the words that she wrote as well. I just have a practical question I need to ask you. This is going to be my counseling moment. Esther, so I'm a rule follower, which can sometimes paralyze me um, because I love to follow rules. I don't want to mess up. Can I have any names in any season? Can I choose multiple names? Like, can I feel like God's given or is it like one and done? Here's your name. Yeah. I'm so glad that you asked because I thought, you know, it says in Corinthians, second Corinthians, that when we are saved, essentially we become a new creation. And so I thought when I became a Christian, I like, that's it. Like now I'm new. Now I'm a daughter. Now I'm adopted now. And so that is true that at the moment of salvation, like we take on the inheritance that God gives his children. It's amazing. But I believe scripturally God is always doing a new thing. And he even says that in the book of Isaiah. And so I think that we are never too old to receive a new name. I think mm, we are going love to consistently it. have to throw off labels that limit us. We're going to consistently have to take false accusations against us to God. We're going to, we're, we're going to be consistently misunderstood here on earth. We're going to have to go to God to say, who do you say that I am? How do you yeah. see God? And so I think that it, it's not a one and done anymore. I used to think I should have got yeah. this by now. Like I should have known I'm a daughter, you know, 20 years into my salvation. <laughs> and I think there's going to be new revelation um, even so much, Jenny, that let me say that in the book of Revelation, chapter two and chapter three, it says that God has new names for us when we overcome. So I believe even into heaven, we're going to hear new names and we're going to know new, new names for God. You know, some of us, we know, you know, we'll study, we'll do a Bible study on the names of God here. God has new names even in heaven that we're going to be discovering about him. So it's, it's bigger than a one and done. It's, it's for the rest of our lives and it carries on into eternity. We go from glory to glory. Woo! Come on. <laughs> Never be the same. Woo! No royalties. You know, I love it. You know, I love your voice. You know, I love your voice. Keep singing. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just feel like that scripture is so underrated that we are consistently moving from glory to glory and we don't understand the fullness of that. And I think that described it beautifully, beautifully. Yeah. I mean, if we feel like, here's the deal, here's the goodness of God. He gives us it all, right? From the onset. That's the goodness of God. He says, here's the availability. Here it is. Access granted. But the actually uncovering moves in that sanctification. It's our glory to glory. It's the consistently. Oh, hold, hold on. on. I know. I'm sanctification. buzzing you. I'm real slow. I know. I know. Sanctification. I'm telling you, it's the working out of salvation. It, it, is, it is the understanding, yeah. the moving from glory to glory. The realizing that, yes, although it's here, 
Um, think about it this way. Somebody tells you, you've got $9 million in your account at 3 p.m. today. Just wait for it. Instant deposit. Are you going to be able to spend all $9 million within one minute? And I mean one minute. One minute is all you got to spend it down and get it to zero. We couldn't possibly. And that's what I feel like salvation does for us. It's God saying, accessibility. It's all here. But we try to, in one minute, embrace every single aspect of what he's given us. And the reality is, is it takes a lifetime. It takes a lifetime to make investments and to keep on pouring in and to keep on growing and multiplying and to keep on spending and giving and, and, and receiving back. And that's our sanctification. And I've never equated that like I am right now. I feel like I'm having this holy revelation moment of what God does through our naming of us that allows us to take on so many names. I'm going, I feel like I need to get up and run around the she's room. Like and gonna do a, she's doing a holy hustle a holy, over here. Do you hear it in my voice? I'm thinking excited so, because I feel like somebody's yeah. finally giving me language to why I don't have to settle into your Christian box of being A, B, or C today that I can literally walk through all of them in one time. Amen. Freedom! He said what? He said what? He said what? Say it again, say it again. He said what? You know what, Esther? One of the main things that we want to explore this season of Shut the Shut Up is the relatability of Jesus to the questions that we are asking. And before we knew that we would even have you as a guest today, Jenny and I were already discussing this idea of Jesus referring to himself as son of man more than any other name that he's been given. Hmm. With that in mind, why do you think it is so important that Jesus takes that label of son of man more than what we would assume, which would be son of God? Hmm. I mean, wouldn't he want the world to know I am God's son? Here I am. But, but he's called himself over and over again, the son of man. Why was that label important to him to say to us? Well, I'm going to get buzzed here. Uh, oh, do it. <laughs> I'm ready. Hold on. Let me prepare my heart. Okay, so Christiology. Christiology. Okay. No. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, okay. no. That was your, that was your uh, <laughs> New York Times awards coming out. <laughs> There's Oxford right there. <laughs> yeah, that's what. So Christiology. You know, we've heard the word theology, which is like the study of God. So yes. Christology yes. is like the study of Jesus and truthfully, it's probably one of the most widely debated theological so study of God topics that there is. So you're not really throwing me a soft ball here. Sorry, <laughs> 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 Well, you're really smart. You got this. You know, it is fascinating because it's true that Jesus calls himself. I think it's, I think it's, 80 times, if not more than 80 times in the New Testament, the son of man. Wait, can we just pause that you, we just threw this question at you and you knew that. I'm very impressed right now. No big deal, guys. We have I actually wish show. I would have talked about this in the book. I mean, I should have. I should have dove into this more in the book. Hey, shut that shit up. I shut, shut the shit oh, up. I just shut it up. Shut it up. You just should yourself. It's okay. Oh. Well, I'm so sorry. 80 times he says it. Yeah, but here's the thing. You know, my husband and I have, um, we've been going to a church that is really teaching us a lot about the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. I'm not Jewish. I'm a Gentile. So I've been grafted into, whoops, sorry. I'm going to buzz that. <laughs> so I'm not, I don't have, I'm not ethnically Jewish, but Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. 
and the Jewish people gave us the scriptures. Um, so there's so much richness. If we're, if we're Christians, like Judaism is a part of our story. And so there's a richness when we start becoming friends with Jewish people and learning about our faith and why God says certain things. And so this question is profound because, and again, I wish I would have tackled it in the book, but it's profound not only because Jesus demonstrates perfect humility mm. in saying, I'm the son of man, but it's significant because in Judaism, the firstborn son is significant. I mean, yeah. the firstborn son, yeah. that, is, that is a place of honor. It is a seat of honor. And when you look at the Old Testament, which a lot of us want to detach the Old Testament from our Christianity, and you just, you can't do that. When you look at the Old Testament, I think it's in the book of Daniel and the book of Ezekiel. It is a prophecy about the son of man. Um, and so Jesus calling himself the son of man is almost saying to the Jewish people, I am he, I am the Messiah. Wow. He's not just demonstrating his humility that took on flesh, but he is, he is telling the Jewish people it I'm here. I know of those prophecies and I am here. I think, um, I think the book of Ezekiel, I think he, I think the word son of man is in there 93 times in one book. So Jesus is, I mean, he's, he's letting, he's, again, he knows how to speak to us, right? You know what? You just yeah. preached your exact book in that statement. And I don't know if you, you understood how powerful that was. Yeah. Esther, you're saying that Jesus, even about himself, didn't speak to his circumstance, which I thought son of man was the describer of his circumstance. He's human and he's taking on humility. And here he is. I'm going to embrace this circumstance. But what you were actually saying is he was speaking of the words that were spoken about his future. Yeah, he's, and he's declaring, uh, I'm what this is this. He's saying the core of who I am is who you've been expecting. <laughs> I am waiting for. Uh, Oh, I got shivers. I feel like it's the end of an M. Night Shyamalan movie, and we all just found the big reveal, and we've like, yes, this is what my movie ticket was worth. This is it. Nailed it. Oh, it's him. He's alive. I'm telling you, this is one of those moments where it's just like this God reveal. He's alive. He's alive. Yes. I just, I, I cannot get past the fact that every single that thing that we need is found in Jesus. Yes. And and here yeah. and listen, I thought that that is just the dumbest statement that we adopt in church. If I'm going to be honest, that's where I want to do this. No. You know what I mean? I'm I'm di I'm tired of Jesus being the answer. Oh gosh, please don't sound bite that out of context. Oh, I'm no, buzzing no, that. I know, feels yucky. I know it feels yucky, but I'm being honest. I'm tired of that being yeah. such a vapid way that we just go ahead and insert here's all your problems and solve it this way without the understanding. Esther, you're bringing right. understanding behind it, making us have these moments of going, you're so mm. right. Even Jesus is saying, I love being called the son of man because it is the fulfillment. Yes. It is the things that identify what you've been looking to the future for. And it's here. And he's also the son of God. That's the thing. That's the mystery. Yeah. That he, yeah. And it doesn't yeah. take away that he's the son of man, you know, but we want to, we want to try to make sense of God and our finite understanding and that's even with ourselves. You know, we want to look at our circumstances. We want to, you know, we want to look at our limitations. We put so many limitations on us and that's not how God sees us. I mean, God, 
of how many women in the Bible struggle with infertility. I just keep going back to that. And they would just, that's how they saw themselves. And God was birthing nations through them. Mm. So Mm. it's, it's bigger and better. Our new names are, are better than what we can see for ourselves. Well, you know, I just want to thank our listeners for joining us for such a light episode. I mean, where we don't discuss things like sanctification and <laughs> the labels. That live. I'm telling you, this is a rich and deep and full episode, and I'm challenging it right now. I'm putting the challenge out. Don't listen to this episode one time. You're going to need to re-listen. Yeah. This is one of those go back and revisit. Take notes. Take notes. Absolutely. Journal some stuff. Ask ask the hard questions alone with the Father. What is the bend that I have? What are the labels that are limiting me? And then you need the companion to this. You need to get the book so that it can be a companion to what you're walking through. You need Your New Name by Esther Fleece Allen. And the subtitle says everything about a book. And it says saying goodbye to the labels at limit. I don't know how many of you need to break up, but break up. It's your breakup day, and we're calling you to do it. Break up with those labels. Hey, let's pray. Well, like every single episode, we love to end the show with actually talking to the one that can do something about all of our should. So, Esther, you've been such a kind guest. Can we just ask one more thing of you? Would you pray for our listeners today and um, end out our time together? Mm, I'd be happy to. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have told us that your name is Abba, your dad. Um, And I know for many of us, it's hard to pray that. Some of us, it might take us years to be able to approach you in that way, but we want to come before you today to say Abba, to say, Dad, we need you. We have been so struck down by the labels that other people have put on us. We feel weary. Lord, we've even um, misnamed ourselves. And we all have this bend towards believing the lies over believing who you say that we are. So Heavenly Father, I pray for the listener right now that you would speak to them, that you would show them what their bend is, that you would show them what they're believing about themselves, Lord. And Father, I ask that you would replace that lie with your truth of who they are. Pray that you would speak over the listener, Lord, new names, and that you would give them courage to live out of them, Lord. Thank you for who you say that we are. Thank you that your name is above every name. Thank you that you give meaning and significance to our names and to our lives. And it's in your name that we pray this, Jesus. Amen. 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 <laughs> hey. I just feel like today's episode was was so much more than a pep talk. Like it, it was a spiritual, this is a spiritual shift a big shift for a lot of people. So thank you, Esther, for leading us through that. Thank you for knowing the Bible so well. Like I'm really impressed. Oh, 80 times. Oh, 98 times. I'm like, wow, you're amazing. So we really appreciate you coming on and spending time with us. Thank you. That's the book that matters. You know, that's the book that really <laughs> yeah. speaks. So I appreciate yeah. you um, encouraging me in that. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. And how can people get to know you more? Are, what are your socials you want us to find you at? Can you share that? Sure. My, well, I actually have a new name. We didn't get into that too much, but my, I um, have gotten married since my first book came out. So my new last Yay. name is Allen. So okay. most of my socials have changed to Esther Fleece Allen, estherfleeceallen.com. And then the book website is yournewnamebook.com. I can't say this enough. Thank you so much for joining us today, Esther. You've heard us talk a bit about Open Arms International already. They are Woo-hoo. our partner for season two of this podcast. That's right. That's right. Did you know that in Kenya, children have two names? 
One is given by their tribe and has meaning associated with the day they were born. The other is a more Western name that has meaning for who they will become. At Open Arms Village, each child has caring adults, parents, counselors, teachers, pastors, and others who speak life over them and give them a new name in Christ. Wow. Yeah. Spiritual formation, it's such a huge aspect of the holistic care that they receive at Open Arms. It's actually the most important one. Yeah. Their desire is truly, truly to see every child experience the life-changing love of Jesus. Check out the video in our show notes to learn more or take a look at openarmsinternational.org. You know what? Shut the shit up, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. To share your should, call 315-308-0163. And you may be featured on an upcoming episode. If you've been inspired to stop shitting yourself, head over to iTunes and write a review and just give us all the stars. If there's one thing you're going to should yourself with, you should subscribe to our show so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.